Welcome, everyone. Welcome. I see a lot of people listening in. This is wonderful. Uh, and uh, we'd like to get started here. Um, I would uh, like, first of all, to uh, introduce uh, you uh, to um, the my uh, how do you say my partner on this uh, on this discussion. I'm, uh, I'm talking with um, Radoslav Sikorsky and Jeroen Leners. Are you with us? Yes, I am. Hello. Yeah, great to hear you, Jinobe. Hi. And uh, you are on the Foreign Affairs Committee, as we uh, well know. You used to be a, a foreign minister, right? And um, and what was? Let's just jump right into this uh, from this debate today on Poland in the European Parliament. Um, what's your impression there? Have we moved things along at all, or was this uh, simply gloves off, slug it out? Um, there were some silver linings. On the whole, I was disappointed because um, the prime minister set the terms of debate which were somewhat beside the point. I mean, the, the uh, discussion about what is the correct relationship between national constitutional courts and the union court in a confederation such as the European Union is a fascinating discussion. Yes, but that is not. It's terribly technical, then, right? And it's a legitimate issue on which to have an honest difference of opinions. Okay, but that is not why Poland is not getting the disbursements of its um, EU funds. Yeah, uh, the reason for that is that uh, his government have broken Poland's own constitution with attempts first successful to uh, of packing the constitutional court and now the attempt to pack ordinary courts right. and and that's so that's nothing to do with the structure of the eu because that br breaks both poland's constitution and the um, eu treaties and in fact the general principles on which um, uh, Western jurisprudence is uh, based, uh, you know, the idea of the division of powers. Yes. So, um, so, you're, so the thing is, that, I mean, that's very interesting. It's it's that it's it's not only uh, it's not only contravening the, the the rules with the European Union, but within the within Poland itself. Um, but the uh, and I, I hope that the the listeners all kind of know the genesis of all this about the the fact that the that there was a Polish court ruling against the primacy of EU law, uh, basically overruling uh, what should be. Uh, something that all uh, EU member countries respect is EU law. Um, uh, but uh, Prime Minister Morawiecki was speaking to the European Parliament today, and I think part of his, uh, his arguments uh, is that uh, they, they, uh, that there, there should be national sovereignty, and we don't want to trade the um, it, what, what was once the Soviet domination uh, to a, a, a Brussels domination. Um, what's, what's your answer to that argument? Oh, well, he makes such crude arguments uh, in Poland. He, he didn't quite say it uh, today. Um, uh, but in principle, yes, that, I mean, that's the argument of every dictator around the world. I'm sovereign, therefore I can repress my people in any way uh, I like. So in this case, I'm sovereign, therefore I can pack courts uh, to be under the control of the ruling party. Yeah. And inside the European Union, that is not acceptable because these are European courts that adjudicate on other EU citizens and EU companies. Yeah. And therefore, it is not the EU is not possible with a single member state's courts being packed by, by the ruling party. Right. Um, so this is the issue, whether he will draw, whether his actual boss, which is the party leader and he, his deputy prime minister, will allow him to undo some of those um, 
judicial pseudo reforms, namely uh, let up on the judiciary and, and allow honest judges to 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 be back on the bench. Um, I want to jump over to Jeroen. Jeroen Lenaers, you are with us now, I believe, a member of European Parliament uh, from from uh, the Netherlands. Uh, you are on the Libe Committee, the Civil Liberties yes, Justice. Yes, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Civil Liberties Justice and Home Affairs uh, Committee. Uh, so, from what you heard today from uh, uh, Prime Minister Morawiecki, did you get any kind of indication that maybe there's a some way to find a solution here, uh, maybe some kind of face-saving solution, or or was this kind of a a theater of of gloves off, and and later we find some kind of an agreement? Well, I didn't I didn't really get the impression from the prime minister's speech this morning that he came to Strasbourg looking for solutions or looking for dialogue. Even he, he claimed to be looking for dialogue, but you know, for a dialogue you need you need two partners. And I, I personally found that the, the speech of the prime minister this morning was was very hostile from the beginning. Uh, and I'm not sure who he was addressing, but uh, it was certainly not uh, a speech that was designed to, um, to to sort of lower the tension. In any in any case, it was more uh, further escalating the, the problem that there is. Do you think? Uh, I mean, this we've seen thousands of of polls take to the streets, uh, uh, and it is important to show solidarity with them. But at the same time, we're, we're thinking about the, your, the EU taxpayer, right? And that they're, what they are financing uh, should not be run roughshod by some government that, uh, that uh, mocks and negates the EU rules. How do you find some balance here? How do you resolve those two? Well, you know, the, the, the thing is, quite rightly, what you, what you said, Chris, is that European money, European funds need to be spent according to the rules. And if the European Union does not have the absolute guarantee uh, that a country like Poland, the government, like the Polish government, is going to adhere to those rules, is going to enforce those rules, and will also accept the sort of neutral referee that we have in the European Court of Justice when uh, safeguarding those rules, then of course the European Union can never, uh, can never continue uh, providing funds to Poland. Uh, as sad as that is, it is not like because this was what I thought was quite uh, uh, quite bad. Also in the speech of the prime minister this morning, he complained that Brussels or the European Union was blackmailing him. That there were people here uh. that were trying to punish Poland. But no, nobody here is blackmailing Poland. Nobody is trying to punish Poland. But there are very logical consequences of actions that the Polish government is taking about the course that this Polish government has set out to follow. And the only responsibility for the consequences of those actions lies with the Polish government, and it will only lie with the Polish government. Chris, if I may jump in. Yes, I wanted to ask you, but before you answer, I wanted to ask you about this, the, the, the point made by, by Manfred Weber uh, earlier about that, that this constitutional court is, is seen as a dummy court. I mean, how can they justify, how can the Polish government justify what it's doing? They have a dummy court. Of course, they would differ on this, but they did pack it uh, with breach of the Polish constitution. And there are some pretty outrageous people sitting on it now, including a woman who claims that uh, the EU flag is a rag and is a rabid uh, europhobe. <laughs> yes. Um, I, will, I would add a one silver lining, though. I asked the prime minister point blank, will you or will you not liquidate this disciplinary chamber of the Supreme Court, the one that's been um, 
uh, persecuting judges. Yeah. And he actually answered me directly. He said, yes, I will. <laughs> you know, in all in this tsunami of um, uh, propaganda, perhaps that's something that he managed to um, get Kaczynski to agree on. Uh, and may I mean, I, I have no doubt that Kaczynski intends to re- replace it with something worse, namely, <laughs> namely a thorough purge of the of, of Polish judges. But at this stage, if he were to uh, liquidate this disciplinary chamber, perhaps uh, the commission might talk and should, in fact, take a a, a new look at Poland's recovery plan. Let me uh, pitch uh, back over to uh, Jeroen. I mean, these issues about abortion, about LGBT free, about uh, about packing the court with, with judges, um, it's it's uh, it's a difficult situation, but perhaps as as uh, as Radek was saying, maybe there's a a a glimmer of hope that that we can find some solution here. Well, because uh, I think what was it was important what what Radoslav said uh, on the potential silver lining here, and that the prime minister indeed announced um, to direct questions uh, that he was going to abolish this disciplinary chamber. Uh, however, I also think it's interesting that, of course, our colleague uh, Andrzej Alitki, in his final uh, speech of the debate, also asked him, so does it also mean that all those judges who've been suspended or transferred or lost their jobs from tomorrow will be reinstated and can yeah. rule again dependent judges in the judiciary? And, of course, uh, I completely follow Radoslav that this is a silver lining, but uh, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. So uh, this will yes. definitely be followed by also practical consequences on the ground uh, before any uh, any comfort is to be taken from this, I think. And if not, if not, what about this new rule of law tool that the EU has? Uh, should it wield that, the conditionality mechanism, uh, freezing billions of euros of EU money to Poland? Um, Radek, is that the next step? Do, do we? Is that sort of kind of a nuclear option, isn't it? Uh, well, Ursula von der Leyen, and remember, uh, uh, the Polish ruling party took it as their victory, and they voted for her, okay? Yeah. Um, was very clear about the three <laughs> paths uh, that can be taken, the uh, infringement procedure, Article 7, and yes. the uh, rule of law conditionality. I just hope that in this demagogy about dignity, sovereignty, history, all that stuff that is beside the point, that is true, but beside the point, that they heard what she said. And what she said, you know, politely, but firmly, mm-hmm. uh, is, as you say, very tough. And, yeah, exactly. Uh, the uh, I guess, Jeroen, this is an interesting point that, that, that Manfred Weber made as well about that, that Europe is not, is not a state. Europe is not a state. It's not a super state. But there are house rules among European countries, right? EU countries. Oh, well, absolutely. And yeah. I mean, I, I've compared it uh, before to, uh, to, for instance, the, the English Premier League football. Mm. What, what Poland is doing is basically the same thing if Manchester City would decide, instead of relying on the referees from the Football Association, to bring their own referee to each match, and then also decide that for that particular match for Manchester City, the offside rule doesn't apply. And this wouldn't work for the Premier League, and it also doesn't work for a European Union. We are a common union, a common market. We need common rules, and these rules need to be implemented and enforced. So we need an objective, neutral referee that can uh, give in the end rulings on the applicability of these rules for the whole European Union, including Poland. And if they don't follow those rules, there is this talk about a poll exit, that, that, that court ruling overruling 
or disregarding the EU's uh, court uh, puts the country on a path to pull exit. Uh, Radek, how do you feel about that? I mean, um, who's going to do that? Do they do they leave or do we kick them out? Or what happens? Uh, we even have a joke about it in Poland already, uh, namely that the British have had to pay 40 billion uh, euros to, to leave and they will kick us out for free. <laughs> but I mean, is this, is this hype or what? I mean, I think, you know, and knowing and, and that we saw in the streets, thousands of Poles in the streets, and, and this is not the first time we saw in the last few years. We saw the um, the different protests, different times, and and, and even the uh, the surveys show that the polls are overwhelmingly to stay in the EU. Right? And and, so, and Morawiecki, I think, is also right when he says that members and supporters of his party also want to stay in the EU, but they have a different conception of membership. Namely, yeah. the EU should pay, but not interfere, as they say. They right. have a different ish, uh, conception of sovereignty. Namely, we sign treaties and we agree to certain rules. And then when we when we break their rules, you can't discipline us because we're sovereign. You know, it's mm. not just the EU is that is impossible with that kind of logic. Normal international relations are impossible. You yeah. know, the, 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 one of the articles of the Vienna Convention of Treaties, I think Article 16 says that you cannot justify the breaking of a treaty by your internal domestic um, legislation yeah. Uh, yeah. for obvious reasons. Um, right. And so, you know, it, it, it's very frustrating because, um, you know, some of uh, our ruling party people don't, don't seem to appreciate that actions have consequences. Now, how do you uh, institute sanctions or whatever you want to call it to punish a government without punishing a people? How do you do this without collective punishment? Uh, you know, I've done reporting in Poland. I've talked to people out there. I've talked to civil uh, civil society and they say, don't cut any. Don't cut. Don't reduce the money, but direct it toward civil society, uh, and maybe less toward the governments. Uh, the government. Uh, you know, how, let me ask you about that. What do you? How do you punish a government that is contravening EU rules? But I still, I still, personally, I really feel we should stay away from this punishing uh, rhetoric because it really is not what is going on here. There yeah. is just a simple logic that is we cannot be guaranteed that there is a rule of law in Poland. Now we can also not uh, spend European budgets there. That is that is not a punishment. It is a logical consequence of the actions of the Polish government. And I think you're absolutely right. We need to find a way to make sure that we support the Polish citizens that were protesting on the streets of Warsaw and all these other Polish cities and towns past week, that we support civil society in Poland trying very hard to defend the rule of law. And that is absolutely clear that we need to do this without giving, uh, uh, giving the Poland subsidies that in the end will only be used to further undermine the rule of law, because this is something that is not acceptable to mm. the European Union and would endanger our future. Yeah. Uh, Radek, let me ask you, later this week is a summit. If you were a fly on the wall, would you like to hear at that summit, in that discussion with Poland? Well, I'd like to hear a Prime Minister Morawiecki is, is starting to behave like a, 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 a fully paid up influ me member of the um, uh, European Council representing uh, Europe's fifth largest economy. Yeah, uh, and a, and a, a member of the board, um, responsible and uh, you know reforming and shaping the future of the EU, rather than someone on the margins so talking about the EU as somehow them uh, rather than us. Yeah, um, you, you fear that he might do more grandstanding. This is typical during during European summits. 
uh, European leaders will show how they're uh, standing up to Europe, and then uh, and and just just to show for their their own voters that that's what they're doing. Yeah, which is what we saw for the EU, which we saw today. And what really worries me is that the Polish internal dynamic dynamic is identical to the to the one that preceded Brexit. Brexit happened because a small cabal of Eurosceptics were, were willing to bring down their own government if they don't get the referendum and then the hardest possible Brexit. And we have the same thing. Uh, there, is, um, there is the faction of the justice minister, the one who's carried out these, uh, this, these pseudo reforms of the judiciary, and they are willing to bring down the government if they don't get their way, if, if they if their reforms of the judiciary are not protected. And are you so, saying that, yeah. are you so, saying that, that that poll exit is possible? Because they don't have to have a vote. They don't have to have a, a referendum. They can, uh, the, the way I was, I've been told is that a, con- a country can leave the EU without a referendum. Right? Oh, yeah. I mean, there are various ways of leaving the EU. You can, um, first of all, under the Vienna Convention, just withdraw uh, from the treaty. But there is a simplest way, simpler way. If you stop uh, paying your dues and start stop sending ministers, then I think in three or six months you are out. Right. But then, but then, uh, is it really possible? It, it, a lot of uh, a lot of countries, uh, a number of countries, will bite the hand that feeds them, but they're not going to cut it off. Right. Well, I mean, it would be ludicrous for Poland to leave. You know, we we are much bigger beneficiaries of membership uh, in the EU than Britain. You know, a bigger proportion of our trade is with the EU than Britain's. And we are a net beneficiary, not a net contributor. So it would be crazy. But, but, you know, this debate is not entirely rational, as you saw today. Yeah, yeah. But but exactly. It's it's an emotional thing that is gaining votes back at home. Uh, they're up for an election. What is it? Next year, year after? And In two years' time. I thought it was particularly particularly rich uh, for the former Prime Minister Shidwa to grandstand in the European Parliament, uh, whereas it was she who stopped the publication of the judgments of. Uh, Poland's constitutional tribunal when it was uh, in good standing, when, it, when before it became packed. And it's mm. from that decision that the process of undermining constitutionality in Poland started. Right. Uh, Jeroen, um, you're in a country where the, the prime minister has clearly said that we must uh, withhold money to the, uh, the Polish government if they continue down that path that they're, they're doing. Um, and uh, it, do you think that that's what we're going to have to do eventually? Well, you know, if, if you ask me the same uh, uh, question, you ask Radek about what, what I want to hear if I were a fly on the wall of the council, yeah. uh, the European Council this week, then the first thing I would like to hear is the topic actually being discussed. Hmm. Because uh, for now, it doesn't yet seem to be on the agenda. And I think this is, a, this is a far greater problem. I think it's good that the Dutch prime minister and some other leaders in Europe have made these comments, but we still see great hesitation um, in, in other uh, governments to even discuss this at the level of the European Council. And the only way we're going to put a stop to this kind of behavior in member states, if there's finally some sense of responsibility in the European Council, as well, where the leaders meet and where the leaders need to look each other in the eye and tell each other, no more this, we can no longer accept this. And until that happens, People like the Polish government, like the PS party, but also people like Orban will feel uh, very free at liberty to go on on the path that they've started on. Uh, and, and let me ask you then, the, also the, these thousands of people that we saw, saw out on the streets 
uh, in Poland uh, uh, in support of uh, being in, uh, staying in the EU. Um, what should they hear from this summit this week? What should they hear? I think what they should tell them is what, what the, the, the great majority of the European Parliament told them this morning, that we see Polish citizens protesting against increasingly autocratic and anti-European behaviour of the government, that we see Polish citizens protesting against the dismantling of the rule of law in Poland, that we see them, we hear them, and we stand by them. This is not only their fight, yeah. it is our common European fight. This was a strong message from the parliament, and it would be very good if that message was echoed by the European leaders as well. And that, and that there's a difference between patriots and nationalists, right? Well, I thought one of the one of the most disgusting uh, remarks uh, of this morning's debate uh, came from the former Prime Minister of Poland, Madame Zwicko, who basically complained about Polish colleagues from other parties criticizing the Polish fatherland, as if criticizing a government that is undermining the rule of law would somehow be unpatriotic or unnationalistic, and that is not the kind of patriotism that we should be following in the European Union. You're absolutely entitled to criticize a government, any government, particularly your own government, when it behaves like the Polish government does. That is proper patriotism and that should be rewarded. And I thought these kind of comments really show the, the level of the debate in the Polish government at the moment, and it's far from uh, impressive. George, right, George if I may, if I may just... Please jump in. Yeah, yeah. Please go uh, if you were disgusted by that, uh, imagine we have this, we've had this for the last six years and every day, including today, you know, because Manfred Weber thanked Donald Tusk uh, on Polish state TV, we already have hacks of the ruling party saying that this confirms that Tusk represents German interests and that he's in fact German. That's the level of, um, of uh, vicious propaganda that uh, uh, state media that have been taken over by the ruling party engaged in every day. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and then uh, now that you're back on, uh, Radek, I uh, wanted to ask you that, uh, you know, what, what should the European leaders send as a message when they have their summit this week? What message should they, should they send to the Polish people? Well, I thought Ursula von der Leyen was, in fact, uh, empathetic with the people of Poland. Um, the uh, leaders should, um, uh, should uh, uh, be clear about what needs to be done for the money to be released. Okay. Uh, any any final comments uh, by both of you? Because I think I'm going to wrap this up. We're almost at uh, half past the hour. Jeroen, um, any final comment? But no, I, I think it's it's important to continue uh, to continue this debate uh, because what you see also this morning is that there is a there is an attempt to sort of shift at least an attempt by the prime minister to, to shift the the blame to shift the responsibility of this whole situation to uh, to the EU. Uh, we're trying to the Polish government is trying to create a narrative where it's the EU's fault and it's the EU who's being a a bad actor by trying to punish Poland. And I really want to I really want to once more underline that this is absolutely not the case and that it's really just a logical consequence. Anything that happens from now on will be a logical consequence of the actions and the course of the Polish government and that and it's really time that the Polish government takes responsibility for its actions. And, and I would just say that uh, after six years in power, uh, the PiS government seems to believe in their own propaganda, namely that, uh, that somehow somebody is ganging up on them. And in fact, what they should, the lesson they should draw from today is that 
they can either have the European money or they can have courts under control, but they probably can't have both at the same time. And therefore, it's time to, to make a step back. Right. Radosław Czekorski, thank you so much. Dziękuję bardzo. Jeroen Leners, thank you well. Uh, and thank you, everyone, for listening in. Uh, keep uh, watching uh, at EPP Group and eppgroup.eu for uh, further information uh, on this issue and others. My name is Chris Burns. Talk to you next time.